Hey guys, welcome to Season 2 of the Key Testimony Podcast. I'm your host, Kaysen Key. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been listening to us in Season 1, welcome back. On this podcast, I have people come on and they share their testimonies of what God has done in their lives. On this episode, to kick off Season 2, we have Chief Meteorologist James Spann. He's the weatherman for ABC 3340 out of Birmingham, Alabama. During our discussion, James gives us the rundown of how he came to faith in Jesus Christ. He discusses his love for God's creation, and we dive into many other things during this time together. So welcome to Season 2. Glad you're here. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Chief Meteorologist James Spann. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Mr. James Spann, what is your testimony? Well... Um, I came from, um, the middle of nowhere in South Alabama. I bet you've never been to Greenville, Alabama, have you? I have not, but I've heard of it. Most people drive through, if they go to the beach, maybe down to Gulf Shores, it's uh, a small town in South Alabama between Montgomery and Mobile. And that's where I'm from. So my accent, my culture, everything about me, I'm from deep South Alabama, and I loved it. It was a marvelous place to grow up. I I have so many fond memories of those summer days as a young child, especially in the summer when there was no school. A lot of my uh, non-formal knowledge came from the woods of Butler County, Alabama. Um, But when I was seven, that's uh, second grade, that's a pretty tender age. I I do children's ministry. Uh, You're probably some adult ministry guy, aren't you? Uh, I am. Yes. Yeah. See, adults are creepy. I, I, you give me kids all day long. They got tender hearts. They're good. Um, (laughs) but it's, it's a very tender age. And, um, one morning before I went to school, W.O. Palmer elementary in Greenville, my, my mom told me that, uh, she didn't know where my dad was to make a long story short. He never came back. Uh, he left in the middle of the night, like a jackrabbit. And all of a sudden, our family of three became a family of two. I have no siblings. I bet you probably got eight brothers and nine sisters, don't you? <laughs> no, I only have one one younger brother, and that's about it. Okay. Um, well, I don't have any. I, I'm an only child. and um, He never paid a dime of child support. And life got pretty tough. I learned real quick what it's like to hurt. And I learned real quick what it's like to be broke. And um, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. In fact, I'll say there's one good thing about it. Uh, I'll tell you a little secret about me. I'm not really that good at anything I do. Uh, And I do a lot of things. You know, most people know me from doing the weather on television or whatever, but uh, I'm I'm not that good. But the, the, the secret about me is the fact that I will work harder than any body else to accomplish a goal and that work ethic came about as a result of me becoming the man of the house at the age of seven uh i had to go to work i mean i would cut grass and you know carry golf clubs for guys at the greenville country club whatever and uh, that's pretty young to be working um yeah for sure um anyway um we just were having a hard time making it. My mom needed a year to finish college. So we would move away to this nasty, horrifying sounding place called Tuscaloosa. You ever heard of that one? Oh yeah. I, uh, I did my undergrad there. Okay. 
will um I didn't want to and again Greenville was all I knew. All my friends were there, my world was there. I just didn't want to go. But we had to move because she needed a year to, to get a degree so she could, you know, find a decent job and support us. And we moved into a little apartment in Tuscaloosa, probably about the size of a bathroom in your house. And um, you know, I, I just walk everywhere. Um, I'd walk to school, I'd walk to you know, whatever. But we, my mama got me to church and through some wonderful people that loved us and helped us and encouraged us. And when it was funny, you know, most Christians today don't get it. They just don't get it. Uh, they're, they're so consumed in their own problems. And I understand we all have problems, but so often they don't stop and get out and help somebody, you know, but there were some people that took in two strangers from a strange land that came into Tuscaloosa and uh, they were, they changed our lives. And through them and some folks at the church down the street, a church called Calvary Baptist church, which is a big church on 10th street, which is now Bryant drive. Um, I made the decision to become a Christian at the age of 12. Um, And this was in 1968. That's how old I am. I'll let you figure out my age, but I've been around here a long, long time. And so, uh, and you know, in Greenville, we, we went to church, but I just, I didn't like it. Uh, you know, I remember in Greenville when I was younger, uh, I remember the preacher had big hair and he was screaming and pointing and in VBS, we made ashtray so they could smoke. <laughs> I mean, that, that was our <laughs> VBS arts and crap. I bet, bet you never had that in your VBS, did you? <laughs> no, never, never had to do that. Um, and again, I, I'm not faulting them. In fact, I went back to First Baptist to Greenville a few years ago, and it was a marvelous experience. It was really healing. It was good. But anyway, I, I finally got it. You know, I, I just thought good people go to heaven and bad people go to the other place, and that's the way it is. And uh, I, I got it. The gospel's not that hard. You know, it's really not that hard. That's why I love teaching kids. That adults try and make it too complicated. Um, yeah. So. Um, you know, the, the one thing I missed, I, I never really thought about why God left me here. I would assume you're a believer if you're doing this show here. Um, you know, th- think back on when you accepted Christ. Did God take you to heaven on a chariot of fire? I nope. Think the, can't I, say you. I think the answer is no, because you're sitting here doing this yep. podcast. Um, uh, so, you know, I never thought about that. And, and I think my biggest struggle as a young believer fighting selfishness. Um, I think we all fight it if we're honest, but I really fought it. You know, the world teaches you to look out after number one. And that's one of the greatest lies you'll ever hear. We're left here for, and I think the main reason it's this, it's to help other people. The fancy church word is ministry. And, and I don't like church words. I, when you when you do children's ministry, you don't use a lot of church words because it doesn't make any sense. But that, that's why we're here. And if we would just kind of get a grasp on that, life can be pretty good. And I missed it. Uh, and I look really good on paper. I mean, I look great. I was a Sunday school teacher and I was a deacon in a Baptist church and, you know, all this stuff. But my heart really wasn't in the right place. But there were some guys that knew me pretty well. In fact, every man needs an accountability group. I don't care who you are. You need a small group. Hey. Yep, I second that. Amen. That, that knows your weaknesses and they know you and you know them and you're comfortable with them. But they challenged me to, to pray a prayer when I was in my 30s. Um, to open my eyes and open my ears to the needs of the people around me because they knew I was selfish. And, and that's a 
it's not a magic prayer, but boy, it's a life changer. I mean, if anybody listening to this show has got guts, I, I triple dog dare you to pray that one. Um, and, and what happens, God will burn somebody on your heart and you just use your gifts and your you know, spiritual gifts and your other gifts and you go help them. But here's the catch to that. Sometimes it might be somebody that you don't want to help. You know, it's really easy going to minister to somebody that's in your church or somebody that lives next door to you, somebody that looks like you, somebody that thinks like you, they vote like you. Well, what if they don't? You know, the Bible doesn't say, well, it's okay. You just ignore them. It doesn't work that way. In fact, Jesus went out of his way to minister to the most offensive people in society back then. And the, the, the person that, you know, I felt I knew that I was supposed to go help was somebody I didn't want to go help. And I tried to pray that thing off for a few days, but that doesn't work. And to make a long story short, it was my father. I was 37 years old when I was told to go help him. And I've not seen that man since I was seven. And he crushed me like a bug on a windshield. You have no idea how bad that pain is unless it's happened to you. Um, but... Uh, Found a brother, a Christian brother, a friend, and we went up looking for him. I thought the guy was dead, but found out the whole time he was living in this state where I'm from here. And we went up to this community where they said that he lived, and we started knocking on some doors. And at first, nobody heard of the guy, and then finally somebody knew him. And they said, go around the corner and go to this house, and we did. And knocked on the door, and the door opened up, and I was looking at my father for the first time in 30 years. Right. And... Um, a couple of things happened that you really won't understand. Uh, the, the first thing that happened, uh, some of the stuff I was really fighting just kind of was taken away. Everybody's got weaknesses, but hate, anger, and rage was just taken away. I used to be a hothead. I mean, you look at me sideways, I'd want to hurt you. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be a troll on the internet. I'd be a, a Facebook comment troll guy. Um, <laughs> And really, to do what I do now, I can't have an anger issue because speaking of trolls, it is brutal, just brutal, the stuff, the attacks we get. And so I would not be able to function as I used to be. So I'm glad that happened. But the other thing at the same time, little memories of me and that guy doing things together when I was four, five and six years old came back into my mind. It was just as clear as if it happened yesterday. And I've got those memories and you can't take them from me. And I'm very thankful for that. And, um, but I believed I was there that day to share my faith. A lot of Christians have it backwards. They think we hired these preachers to do that. And the truth yeah. is we, we hired the preachers to equip us and we go do it. And um, so this was a Saturday afternoon at 4.30 in the yard. I told him that only perfect people go to heaven. And sir, I'm sorry, it leaves you. I don't know what to call him. I just called him sir. And um, I said, you know, it's pretty simple. God loves you so much. If you were the only person on the planet, he'd send Jesus up on that cross for you. And all you have to do is accept it like a birthday gift at a, a, gift at a child's birthday party. And I gave my dad a chance to accept the invitation that day. And he didn't. I, I don't have a good, I bet you've had some good stories on this show. I don't have a really good fairy tale ending here. Uh, he did not accept the invitation. He couldn't um, because he was drunk. Mm. During that day, my father's uh, alcoholic and he had a condition called alcohol dementia. He, he had abused alcohol for so long in his life. It was like, you know, 
He had so few brain cells working. It was like talking to a brick wall. I don't think he ever knew it was me, but I said the things I needed to say to him. And my life changed because of that experience. But it's not a field of dreams moment where the two of us threw a baseball and we hugged and we've got this great relationship. He, he would die soon after that from this condition that he had. But it was something I think I had to experience from forward. Uh, so that mm-hmm. that was a life changer back in my 30s. And again, as I get old, I want to finish strong. Um, you know, I got a lot. I'm, I'm not retiring anytime soon. I'm just getting started. But at some point, I'm going to have to wind it down. But, you know, there's no place in the Bible where God has a retirement plan. And what I want to do in my older age is make other people's burdens my burdens. And because uh, that's all that matters is your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. Um, and, and that's when life gets really good. And, and, you know, there's probably somebody listening to this or, you know, that, that's struggling. And, you know, my, my main message is the fact that we need to look for other people that are in need and go help them. We don't have a license to walk past anybody as a Christian. And a lot of people that are hurting so bad right now, they'll say, well, I can't help anybody because of what I'm going through. I don't feel like it. Well, my response to that is, so what? I mean, <laughs> there are days I, don't, there's days I don't feel like, you know, going to work, but I go to work because I made a commitment. You know, life's not about how you feel. It's about the commitments we've made to God and our families and our employers and everybody else. So uh, even if you don't feel like it, you need to go find somebody to help. This day and age, there's people within two miles of where anybody lives that are in desperate need for help. Yeah. And then people say, well, I, I don't have any money. Well, so what? You know, if, if, you know, if you come up to me and say, what's the one thing I can do for you, James? I say the same thing every single time, every time. You know what I say? What is Pray it? for me. Mm-hmm. Pray for me. And how much, does, how much money does that cost? You know, nothing. Yeah. Nope. Uh, but, but it does cost a little time and, uh, Oh, you know, that, let me just say that time is the greatest equalizer in life. Everybody listening to this show has 24 hours in a day. The richest man, the richest woman in the world cannot buy another microsecond and how you spend that time, those 24 hours, it determines who you are. I can look at somebody's calendar real quick and learn a lot about your relationship with God and your family and everything, your priorities and all of that. And I'll say I struggle with it. I, I haven't slept since 1973. I've given up sleep, which is not healthy. But, um, <laughs> you know, take maybe take a little time that you've been spending on you and pray for somebody else. Doesn't cost anything to do that. Maybe you can say a kind word to somebody. I'll never forget my elementary school principal in Tuscaloosa. I started fifth grade there. I finished fourth grade at Greenville fifth grade in Tuscaloosa, and he would seek me out. He knew my story. And it was very odd to have a male as a principal back then. But he would say things like, you look good today. And I know I didn't, but I started to believe him. And he would say things like, yeah. um, I believe in you. And I honestly believed that that guy believed in me. And he would say things like, it's going to be okay. And I started to believe that because of that guy. It doesn't cost any money to give somebody an encouraging word. That's really not that hard. And let me tell you what, I'll chase a rabbit here. Um, I look at some of the vicious attacks on, and I have to live in the social media world. I have to, that's my job. But some of the most vicious, brutal attacks on social media, and some of them come after me. Uh, I go look at their Facebook page. And what do you think is plastered all over that Facebook page? Bible verse. Loving Jesus. 
Bible yep. verses. Thinking, what's the matter with these people? I mean, has it come to this? All I'm doing is seeing Christians attack everybody else. They got hung up in this political fight that everybody's in. And all they want to do is fight. And that's not why we're left here. We're left here to minister to other people. And getting on the face bag and the tweeter and the gram and all this stuff and just attacking people. Trust me, people see that and they got all those Bible verses on your page. You're not going to come to church. You might be the only Jesus they'll ever see and you've ended any chance. Uh, So my encouragement is just to remember that we're here to help other people. Little things, encouraging words, praying for somebody. The drive through. You ever done the drive through trick? I have not. Oh, come on, man. I mean... So what you do next time you go to a drive-thru, you pull up and you look in your rear view mirror and see what's back there. And you can tell by the countenance on their face, they're maybe having one of the worst days of their life or by what they're driving. They're spending their last $3 on a hamburger. And what you do when you go to the window, you say, hey, I'm paying for mine. And you see the car back there behind me, I'm paying for theirs too. And just tell them, Mm. you don't owe me anything. God loves you. And here's the fun part. You go hide. I've seen people come up to that drive through window and they openly weep when they hear those words. You don't owe me anything. God loves you because somebody they don't know bought them a hamburger. And, okay. you know, most Christians just don't do most Christians don't do things like that. Um, and I know it works. You know why? Somebody did it to me one day. Um, you know, everybody on television, people think we're always smiling and have perfect lives and we have no problems. We have horrible days like anybody else. And I was having a horrible day and I was late. There's a little Arby's by the TV station here. We're in River Chase. And stopped by and uh, I was so focused on all the things that were bad in my life and the things that were going on. And I got to the drive through and that lady said, you don't owe me anything. God loves you. <laughs> well, guess what? I cried. Somebody I don't <laughs> know did that for me. And it was at a really important time for that. So, you know, little things like that. And uh, as I look around today, there's so many hurting people. Families are in crisis for uh, it. It's really escalated since this virus thing. Uh, For many years, I was a trustee. I was the president of the trustees of the Alabama Baptist Children's Homes and Family Ministries. And uh, I, I could tell you families are in crisis in a lot of situations here. They might look really good on their Facebook page. But they've got issues. And, and the one thing that nobody wants to talk about is mental health problems. And, you know, it's, we, every family's got that, too. So life's yep. messy. And, you know, it's just our job to come in and um, to show the love of Christ to other people. And it's not that hard. So that's my testimony. How about that? I probably talked too long. <laughs> no, that's all good. Um, yeah, I want to transition back to um, um when you, you said you were 12 and received Christ, correct? Yes. And so I just want to talk about going from there and your transition and how, um, you know, knowing Christ at that age as that's pretty much a transitional age for anybody um, going through changes in life and all that stuff. And I'm just curious about how God changed your life as you went into high school, into college and even into you know, you're a weatherman, so it's studying God's creation and what's going on, um, how that transition to college and um, learning more about God's creation and making that a career, how you balance that Christian life and, um, you know, worldly life that you're in. 
Well, you know, when that happens, your heart's going to change. Now, you still screw up. Maybe you haven't, but I sure have. I mean, last time I read my Bible, everybody's a sinner. We've all fouled yep. up. But I understand you have a transformation experience when you when you become a Christian and, and you the goal of being a Christian is to be more like Christ every single day. You'll never get there, but on that journey, you know, your heart will change. And, you know, that kept me out of a lot of trouble. Let me tell you something. You, you think you'd get into trouble in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in the 60s and 70s? I mean, there was trouble on every corner. You know, you, mm -hmm. you could buy, you know, whatever drug you wanted, hallucinogenic drugs. It was a pretty crazy time in society, much, you know, it's kind of like what's going on now. And uh, that kind of kept me off of that stuff. I, I'm very blessed. I've never put a cigarette in my mouth. You know, I've, I've made mistakes, but I, I think that relationship kept me because I understand I, I was still a hurting kid. You can be a Christian and you could hurt. Don't oh, yeah. ever let anybody tell you otherwise. Uh, you're going to have problems. You're going to have tough times in life. You're going to, you know, we had a, a television meteorologist committed suicide this weekend in Texas. She mm. couldn't handle it anymore. She was a believer, but uh, her son had committed suicide. She had been sexually abused by a band director in high school and she took her life this weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I do have an issue with those Christians say, well, if you've had a real conversion experience, you won't ever have depression. You won't ever have problems. That's just a straight out lie. Jesus mm -hmm. had some pretty bad days. He was beaten, tortured, and murdered. How about that for having a bad day? Uh, <laughs> yep. This is Jesus. And, and, you know, those disciples, look, look at how many of their lives ended up. It's not a fairy tale. So, you know, we just have to remember mm -hmm. that, you know, that this, I worry a little bit about some of the Christian movies where, you know, people accept Christ and all of a sudden everything's happy and everything works and the marriage is healed and they win the games and all. It just doesn't work that way. But I do think that uh, that kept me from getting into a lot of trouble because when you're hurting and my dad crushed me, you don't even know how bad that hurt. I still hurt today. Uh, when you're hurting, you're going to, you can do some pretty crazy stuff to try and ease your pain whether it's self-medication with alcohol, whether it's, you know, self-medication with drugs, whether it's whatever. And I'm just so glad I didn't go down a lot of those paths. I could have gone down. And I know that I was kept from that by the Holy Spirit's prompting. And so I was pretty much a social zero. I was in, I mean, I was a total nobody, but it was great. Um, and um, again, the, the work ethic, that, that's a God-given thing. Um, I'm probably inherently lazy. I don't know about you, but I, you know, all of a sudden I was just given energy and this work ethic. And, uh, you know, that's helped to generate a very long career. And the other thing about being a believer, God will put people in your life to disciple you. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool. Yep. There's no, there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. And let me just say this too. I, I was not the best attender at church when I was in, you know, late high school and college because I worked so much. I worked Sunday morning. I, I, I just had to, to to survive and to pay tuition. Didn't have a whole lot of choice. But uh, anyway, there were just some friends, some Christian folks that were put in my life to kind of help disciple me during those times. And uh, then married a wonderful Christian lady. We've been married thirty nine years. And uh, two boys and a great family. And I've been blessed. I've been blessed beyond my wildest imagination. If my time here wraps up tonight, I'm blessed. I mean, it's a great ride.
That's good. So, um, with you in college and then, um, what, what sparked the interest for you to learn about God's creation and want to be weatherman? Um, and just how, how did that come about? Well, I, I, growing up in Greenville, we play in the woods. You know, you guys, what, what do you do? Play with video games all day. You know, I mean, I, we didn't have video games when I was a kid. We'd go out in the woods and play. And uh, we'd get out there in these summer storms and blow up on summer evenings. And wow, uh, other kids didn't like it. I was just in awe. I was born with it, uh, a fascination. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Tuscaloosa. And that was the weather, still is the weather capital of the world. And the 70s had some incredible weather events uh, that I lived through and experienced. And I think I had to to do that when I... When I was a senior in high school, we had the worst outbreak of tornadoes on record in the country. This was April 3rd, 1974. And Alabama was hit hard that night, much like what happened in 2011. And my hobby then still is today ham radio. And and they sent us north. Tuscaloosa was okay with that one. And they sent me to Jasper. And they wanted me to set up my radio gear in there and set up a link with the uh, relief agencies in Birmingham. Hmm. And... um, I saw things I don't think a 17 year old child should see. I got, I was really busy and I got the link, the antenna set up, the radio gear set up. And once I was finished, I'd looked around and uh, some of the uh, nature of the wounds, uh, just graphic violence, graphic. But again, I think I had to experience that to do what I do today. Uh, but I've just always loved weather. This is a weird thing about me. I'm some old guy. I, I can't wait, wait to come to work every day can't wait most people gripe awesome. about their job all day if you, if you don't like your job go do something else it's a free country and i, I love it and uh but what happened here uh, nine years ago was uh, much like 1974 and uh, on that day 252 people died on my watch mm-hmm. we had 62 tornadoes and uh, that's a pretty heavy burden to bear um these were precious people that died. I'm in the process of trying to memorize every name of everybody that died that day. Um, and I don't get hung up in the theology because I'm not a theology guy. Uh, I, you know, I, I took one of those big old classes when I was at a church about 10 years ago. Um, but I'm, you know, if you're looking for a theological reason as to why that happened, I'm not your guy. I'm just here to try and prevent it from happening again. And why those mm-hmm. people were taken on that day, I don't know. But that's not my place to answer. But we've got a lot of work to do because the warnings were so good that day. And yet all those people died. And in fact, I didn't even talk about it for six months. I went through all the phases of grief. I went through anger and depression and all this stuff. I was mad at God for a while. And it's okay to be mad at God. If you talk it out with him and communicate with him, it, it's really okay. And um, But now we're in the roll-up our sleeve phase and let's figure out what happened. So the social scientists have helped us. And that's a big motivating part of what I do is uh, let's get in here and let's be sure that that doesn't happen again. Mm. So, um, so how is balancing or how is living a Christian life and being on TV? How do you find that balance? How do you put Christ first in your work? Um, How do you show Christ um, as a Christian in this kind of profession? Well, it's not hard for me. I, I've got a pretty easy situation. I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. They just leave me alone, which is great. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, it's it's not my job. They don't pay me to get on TV and preach. Yeah, obviously. I'm yeah. not a TV preacher. I mean, uh, you know, it's my job to reflect Christ through my words, my action. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that people might have a glimpse of Jesus when they see some of the stuff I do. I speak every day in schools, every day. Uh, I do children's ministry. Uh, you know, most people don't think much of children's ministries. Let me tell you, what we do is pretty important in this day and age. We get them with a tender heart. We get a chance to share with them when they're young. And most people are just horrible at children's ministry. Nothing personal, but just bad at it. I mean, it, it takes a certain person with a certain set of gifts to minister to third, fourth, and fifth graders. And those are my people. That's what I do. I'm horrible at middle school and high school. I, I don't, that's the worst for me. But, you know, I do a lot of that. And, um, you know, I like today when, when the, when our friend killed herself over the weekend, I just put out a note on social media and that's how I reach most people today. It's, you know, all that about uh, helping people that are struggling with mental health issues. Um, That's an important message. And that's showing the love of Christ by somebody public going, or somebody like me going public with that. It gives people some hope. Well, I'm not the only person that's struggling with depression. You know, it's okay. Christians do struggle with depression. Christians do have mental health issues, all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and I think my biggest struggle, it's dealing with the haters. It's brutal. And, and you know, mm. I'm from Butler County. I, I, where were you from? Where'd you grow up? Jasper, Alabama. Well, this Jasper is a little like Greenville. Walker County and Butler County are about the same. But, you know, bullying was just a way of life back then. And you learn to stand up a bully. You stand them up and yep. they'll leave you alone. And, the, the, you know, the first temptation is to stand up all these trolls and they'll leave you alone. But you have to be really careful. There's a very odd combination of sass and grace that you have to have when it comes to dealing with these people. And uh, I think that's my biggest struggle is, is finding that balance. Um, you know, look, I remember I cut off a basketball game on television Christmas Day 2015. This was five years ago. Uh, it was an NBA basketball game. You know, this is Christmas Day, joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill toward <laughs> men. And um, we had a tornado come through the southwest part of Birmingham. It could have killed a lot of people and nobody died. The system worked. And what do you think the first email I got said after that? Why'd you cut it, off the game? <laughs> no, it said you should have been aborted by a coat hanger. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is the stuff we I live with. And, uh, you know, you just, <laughs> I'm telling you, if I would, my old way, the, the James of his 20s and early 30s, uh, I would not have handled that well. But today I can just let it go. And I'm very thankful yeah. for that. So I just try and be cognizant. But, the, you know, the main thing, and, and I, I do work from 4 a.m. until midnight every day. It's pretty long and i'm not complaining i love what i do but in everything you do you try and remember that you are a minister your church some people say how many ministries do you have and they say well two or three no you got as many ministers as you have members and every element of the day i try and do a little ministry and understand when tornadoes are flying that's a ministry um you know there's been a lot of loss of life on my watch and, and to make that process better and more efficient. That's an important ministry right there. And you're basically holding people's hand 
when you've got something coming through that could kill you. And that's a big deal. And that's a ministry. But but most days you don't have tornadoes. You know, most days weather's you got storms like today, but they're not you're going to drop a tornadoes. But still, people have anxiety and you just try and help them through that. So helping people through storms, that's a great, great ministry. But uh, on the calm weather days, again, you know, I get to do a lot of senior adult groups. In fact, I am a senior adult now, which is funny. And I'm not that good with them, but I am one. Um, you know, a lot of schools. I'll be, I'll go into a school, do a science program, a weather talk. I'll come out of there, and there might be a third grade boy hanging onto my leg, walking out the door like a Mississippi leg hound. <laughs> and people say, "Why is that kid hanging on to you?" Well, he was a man that spent forty five minutes with him of complete attention, and they don't get that at home, or he might not have a dad. And, uh, you know, that's a really important ministry. One of my gifts is not discernment. I I think my two gifts are encouragement and evangelism, spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. But I can discern one thing. I can walk into any school in Walker County, Alabama, and I've been to every one. Where would you go to elementary school? I went to T.R. Simmons. Uh, Man, I own some bricks in that building over there. Um, (laughs) But I can walk into any school and look a child in the eyes and tell you if they're hurting. And I hate it. I hate it because I'm in there once and I have to leave. But at least for that 45 minute program, I can love on them, make them laugh. They've got my full attention. You know, and so many of these kids come from home situations where there's domestic violence, where there's addiction, where there's things going on kids shouldn't see. And, And I do think I'm fortunate because I didn't have to deal with that. My dad just left. If he would have stayed, there might have been domestic violence or you know, whatever. I, maybe would have hit me. I, I don't know. Uh, so, but I know that's going on. And so that's a great part of my day is ministering to kids. And I do that Sundays. I do children's worship at a big church. So if you want to get a good sermon, come to my service. My sermons are eight minutes long. <laughs> that's a good one. Short and sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this going back to, um, all the trolls and stuff. Um, I was actually reading first Peter chapter four this morning and it's just saying of how we should, uh, when we suffer, God blesses us. Um, and I, uh, that just came to mind when you said that about the trolls and them persecuting like that. And God says that um, to rejoice in persecution, um, as a Christian and, I don't know, that's the first thing I thought of as you as you said that try not to go back at them, but how you live your life is the the ministry that you do. So um, Oh yeah. yeah. Look, this shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, goodness, we, we were told this and you know, they'll get on you for being a Christian. That that's just the way it is. And, you know, we have to be able to handle it the right way. And if you really believe what you say about your faith, that every No person is made in the image of God. Every person is made wonderfully and special. Do you really believe that? Mm. And if so, that troll is made that way. And, you know, there's something wrong with them. There's some intense pain in their life. You know, there's something going on. They might have a mental health issue. I I don't know. And that's the one thing you just have to remember. This is somebody's son or daughter, or it's somebody's mama or daddy. And uh, no, no telling what they've been through. No telling what happened to them today to make them like this. They might not be like this tomorrow. And, um, you know, you just have to have that Holy Spirit discernment thing going on where you kind of count to 10 and listen and be careful. The easiest thing to do is hit that 
send button on a computer and you said something really ugly and nasty and sometimes you would have waited to 10 maybe you wouldn't be doing that oh yeah for sure i've had to do that with myself a few times I have to count it out and match the uh press the backspace <laughs> and uh, there you go don't go with it before i send it um but yeah been there um yeah well i really appreciate you being on here um what how does what's next for james fan would you say what what's the what's the end goal here Oh man, I'm I'm here for a while. I'm I'm just getting started. Um, my days are busy, but I love everything I do. The 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 weather thing now with you know people getting their information on the phone and the social media that never turns off. So you're always working, but being able to talk about what I love, it's just awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other big volunteer job I, I do, you know, children's worship, and that takes a pretty good bit of time. Uh, but the other big job, I am the chairman of the board of a large hospital here. Mm. And um, uh, healthcare has always been a hobby to me, if that makes any sense. Uh, I've been doing this job for 15 years. And uh, uh, this during these times, it's really taken a lot of my time, which is good because I don't have schools. I can't go into schools. I, I'm prohibited from doing that right now. Schools don't allow outside visitors and I'm not allowed to speak in public, really. So. Uh, okay. I've been able to concentrate on the hospital job. My hospital is Grandview Medical Center on the US 280 here in Birmingham. And uh, that's a really important ministry. I mean, I can't tell you how important. And what, what's really cool about that, some of the best uh, ministers in our building are the clinicians, physicians and nurses, surgeons. Just awesome to see them praying for people and loving on people. So it's uh, that's kind of cool. But no, I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I, we got a lot of work to do in the warning process. We got to make these warnings better. We have to do a better job of communicating to people and uh, next time we have a big tornado day the goal is no loss of life so that'll yeah. keep me going for a long time all right yep all right. one last one last question a simple question uh, what is james Spann's favorite verse and why oh man i'm a matthew six thirty three guy you ever heard that one i think so uh here's the james Spann translation Uh, What it says is, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. I mean, you know what it says. Mm. But the James Spann translation is, uh, if you do what I've called you to do, I've got your back. Mm. Uh, And we've all been called to do something. Everybody, everybody, everybody's gifts are different. What you've been called to do is different than me. Um, I'm called to work in children's ministry. And as long as you do what you've been called to do, um, you'll have bad days, you'll have problems, but God's really got your back. And I'm a That's big right. believer in that. And you'll be blessed beyond your wildest imagination. But if you get kind of fat and lazy and think you've done your time and you need to just stop, the Bible doesn't have a place for retirement for ministry work. It just doesn't exist. So, uh, you know, seek first the kingdom. Uh, the, the, get, your, right. get your priorities straight. That's prioritize things. And uh, you do that, and you'll be in good shape. That's right. Um, I appreciate you being on here and doing this for me. I appreciate you using your platform um, to, you know, seek the kingdom or lead people to the kingdom. Um, again, just really appreciate you being on here. My my pleasure. Um, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Enjoy. You have a great week, and I hope it doesn't storm on you this week. Yep. Thank okay. You. Have a good day. Appreciate All right. Bye. All right. You too. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Key Testimony Podcast. I hope you were blessed with this testimony as much as I was. 
That's how you go on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to subscribe, review, rate, all that good stuff for this podcast. It really benefits and goes a long way. I say you go on your social media platforms and and share this podcast too so we can reach more people. I pray there's somebody out there that hasn't heard this podcast yet who will be really touched by this testimony. Just want to say thanks again for listening and hope to see you next time. Bye.